little bit last night in between commercial breaks of the Bulls game, and I stumbled upon Peyton Manning on NFL Network revealing the NFL Pro Bowl rosters along with Eli Manning. Did it blindside you? You know, I, I, I was aware that it was happening because I know the NFL on Monday Night Football on the Manning cast revealed the first Pro Bowlers. Right. They, you know, they announced that Aaron Donald, who wasn't playing in the Monday Night Football game, was a Pro Bowler. And then the Packers had a representative, too. Someone who's uh, eluding me at the moment. but So I knew that was their tease on the Manning cast. Here's a couple of Pro Bowlers for you. And uh, you've got a couple uh, the rest of the roster coming your way. But I'll admit that on Tuesday, I had basically immediately forgotten that the Wednesday Pro Bowl rosters were going to be revealed. But I stumbled upon it on the NFL Network, and I gave it about 30 seconds of Peyton joking around and then quickly moved on because I'm not here for a Pro Bowl roster reveal show mm-hmm. not in the middle of a bulls game fair so enough, fair i went enough. back to the bulls but then you your text alerted me tyler last night that justin fields was not a member of the nfc roster and i have to admit i thought about it for a moment and then i said okay i gotta go pull up the rosters and find out who actually did make it for the nfc and when i saw that it was actually jalen hurts who is well deserved mm-hmm. of his honor no doubt Kirk Cousins, who statistically pretty solid, so not a huge surprise there. And on a winning team. Yes, yes, exactly. The Right now, the current two-seed in the NFC. And then the storybook tale of Geno Smith being paid off with a Pro Bowl berth for him. And statistically, you have to admit, Geno has had a very strong year. But nevertheless, that's when I started thinking, okay, you know what? I think I can actually get in the headspace because I'm someone who's very particular about the idea of players being snubbed for pro bowls because you only have three quarterback spots right you know is justin fields amongst the three best in the nfc i think we can debate whether he deserves that third spot but i think he's certainly the most exciting player yes in the nfc and the most exciting player who was left off the pro bowl roster i look at it too is with these all-star games what you're doing is you're showcasing your sport Mm -hmm. right and I think if you're the NFL and you want to showcase your sport, I mean, who's the guy that you're tweeting highlights out every single week on Instagram all the all the time? All the kids, lo- like he is the next generational star that I think kids are going to become infatuated with moving forward. He is the perfect guy to have represented in this game. And they all and listen, he already is. I walk around and I see my son and everybody in his class. He's in seventh grade. Everybody at his school. I've, I've seen the process where two years ago, three years ago, everybody was wearing Patrick Mahomes jerseys. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was wearing uh, a Josh Allen jersey, yeah. right? Uh, but this year, I see a lot more Fields jerseys, and obviously not a surprise here in Chicago that that would be the case. But the change is starting to occur. He is one of, and, and honestly, when we get the end of the season results of the top selling jerseys, I would be. Not surprised at all if Justin Fields is number one because he's a highlight reel every time you watch him play. And so it's fun and he's young and that usually adds into the experience of wanting to root for the new hot thing. That's what Justin Fields is. And oh, by the way, there's not even a game this year. They've, remember, moved it to a finally after taking a lot of heat for years about how awful a product the actual Pro Bowl game is and was. They're actually moving it to a skills competition. So 
I don't even know what we have in store for the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I'm not mad about Justin Fields not being able to, to participate in that activity. I'm just a little disappointed that, to your point with the NFL, you're not really tapping into what, the guy who next year could very well be your next great superstar. Right. I mean, there's a chance he could be the, the starter in this game next year. And the way that he's kind of electrifying the league right now, you hear all these other players coming out and saying all this mm-hmm. uh, glowing s- reviews of Justin Fields. I mean, we've heard it from Darius Slay. Yep. We've heard it from a number of other players that just they face him for the first time. And it's like, whoa, all right, we knew he was fast, but he's strong too. And he's now starting to learn how to do different things on the football field where he's not just the one-dimensional guy. like He's starting to throw more touchdown passes, too. So I think this is a missed opportunity for the NFL right here to not showcase one of its stars. I Listen, I get the Geno Smith story is great. I think he's a guy that, in what let's, let's call it what it is, it's a weak quarterback class in the NFL, too. So just getting into this game, I think that, to me, also is why I think Bears fans are probably a little more frustrated when you see Kirk Cousins there. Like, yeah, he's got the the statistical numbers, but he's not the star on that team. Stars quite clearly Justin Jefferson and what he's done. So I think, yeah, this is a missed opportunity for the NFL. And it, to your point, too, about the jerseys, I think we don't we get like a Christmas report on Usually. NFL jerseys, too. I'd imagine Justin Fields is in the top three. Oh, yeah. I would be surprised if he's not. Now, Mahomes, obviously, usually, and Mahomes is also a representative for the AFC. Look, it's, it's tougher sliding in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow are the AFC mm-hmm. representatives. He's not a representative if he were in the AFC. A- and agreed yeah. completely with that. And honestly, he's not even in the probably the top five because I think Justin yeah. Herbert, there's a conversation about the, the year that Tua has had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like when you maybe even Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I was going to bring up his name too. Who's playing tonight based on his recent play. So in it's, the it's AFC. Not, it's not even a game though, right? I mean, it's. Well, like, no, no, no. It's you're right. Just, yeah. It, it's, it's absolutely. This is. But it's more for the accolade, right? Exactly. The, this is actually, I think, the announcement of the rosters, Merck, you know, is it has more meaning than the game ever did. And for once, I think Bears fans have an actual case about, hey, and this is, you know, it's it's we won't have a Mitch Trubisky situation right. where, you know, quarterbacks don't want to go and play in a game. This is why they've ended the game. And they were, they were like, enough is enough with you guys pulling out because nobody actually wants to play in a Pro Bowl game where, you know, you put in 17 games in a regular season. And then if, even if you make the playoffs and you lose and your team's not playing in the Super Bowl, now you've suffered a devastating loss. Nobody wanted to go participate in the actual game. If it was in Hawaii, they were like, okay, I might take a free tip, free trip to Hawaii, but I certainly am going to go play you know, more of a two-hand touch game right. in the Pro Bowl. They've done away with that. So yeah. it's going to be a skills competition, which I think the NFL has finally gotten right. I, we'll see what plays out. You are too young to remember this, Tyler, but in the early, mid-90s, and I know Merck will know this, there was a the quarterback club, right, Mark? The quarterback competition on NBC yep. that they would have. And you could go check out the highlights on YouTube. You'd have guys like John Elway, Dan Marino, um, you know, just... And, and I think they've revitalized it a little bit over the last few years. They've actually done incorporated more of this. But it was one of my favorite things to watch as, you know... As a, as, a, as, a, as a young sports fan consuming the product. And I hope that's what they're going to tap into now is to have an opportunity to showcase the talent from the players and not just put on you know a product where they know people will watch because they're always willing to watch football no matter what. 
even even if it's a game that nobody's really participating in. But the honor, that is what we're looking at here that Justin Fields has been snubbed on for once, I think. And there's still a chance he gets in. Like, Jalen Hurts could go to the Super Bowl. Correct, and yeah. then And I look at that differently than what happened with Trubisky, where it's like, oh, we don't want to go. Yes. So we're sliding in the back door that way. If the guy's going and playing in the Super Bowl, I look at that as a little bit of a different distinction than, okay, we just got to get down to our sixth or seventh warm body here and, and take him into the Pro Bowl with us. Yeah, hey, is, hey, are you a starting quarterback? <laughs> are you available to come and fly in short Does notice? Does arm work? Yes, then you can come and play in the... Uh in the Pro Bowl for us and take uh, take the place of some other veteran quarterback like Tom Brady who doesn't want to be here because he's already been involved in way too many. Now, the Geno Smith aspect, maybe as we talk it through, Kirk Cousins, maybe he is the guy who does not deserve that spot because mm-hmm. when you're thinking about it, yeah, Geno Smith's story, what are, the light, what are the odds that he's ever going to be able to replicate what he's done this season? And by the way, he, if you're unaware of what he's done, he has 26 touchdown passes to eight interceptions. He's thrown for 3,600 yards, and that actually is two more touchdowns and three less interceptions than Kirk Cousins. So while the Vikings you know, do have that record, which, of course, they added uh, another win total, too, because of that comeback win against the Colts this weekend, but... You know, I think Geno Smith, that story is perfectly acceptable to go ahead and get him that spot. But I think Justin Fields, they missed the mark on it. Yeah, and when you look at Geno Smith, too, remember at the beginning of the season when we were talking about, and you heard it with the Bears all the time, oh, this team is in the conversation to be the worst team in the NFL. The Bears were in there, and the Seahawks were another team that were in there, too. Now the Seahawks are knocking on the door of the playoffs right now, and a lot, a lot of that is due to what Geno Smith has done to reinvigorate that team. There's no doubt about it. I think we've uh, we've hit a nerve uh, with Viking Scott, who's in Crown Point. What's going on, Scotty? Not much. Happy holidays to all of you guys. But this is an argument that I don't know how you can try to win it when the quarterback is thrown for 2,048 yards, 28th in the NFL. It's the position of quarterback. Of how course, Scott. How can he Scott, be but... ahead of any of the other guys in the league? The three that got voted in, definitely. Jared Goff deserves it more than Justin Fields. But, Scott, can you are you... With the Pro Bowl, the idea of it, is it not a celebration and showcasing of your future stars? Don't you think that would be, at least for the league, what they would like to do, what they should be capitalizing on? I mean, Kirk Cousins, it's not like he hasn't been to Pro Bowls before. You know, so he year in and year out, he's always going to give you 4,200 yards and probably somewhere between 28 and 32 touchdowns. That's just what he does. Nevertheless, though, everybody's familiar with it. Don't you think this would be a great opportunity in trying to set aside your Viking bias to go ahead and showcase one of the young superstars in your league? Okay, but then don't call it the Pro Bowl that he's one of the best in the leagues. Call it some other kind of thing that, you know, skilled, most athletic, something like that. Because think about it. If I'm not mistaken, didn't Tua win the most fan votes? But yet he couldn't beat out the three studs in the AFC. It was uh, Christian McCaffrey, I know, won the fan vote for the running backs. I think for quarterback. quarterback. You're right, Scott, yeah. Uh, Scott, so I got if a you question think about for you, that. Two is one of the young guys in the league. Obviously, they think it. I think his arm strength isn't going to cut it in the NFL over the course of time. And once again, everybody's got their own opinion on that. I'm just saying, in this particular case, what you're saying is correct that they want the young athletes in there, young stars in there. But as far as what he proved on the field so far at the quarterback position, he's very athletic. He's got great escapability, great speed. He just hasn't proved that he can play the quarterback position yet up to the top level. Scott, what does Kirk Cousins do that's elite? Uh, seven fourth quarter comebacks, and in this year, in this year, eleven wins so far. 
But is that so Kirk Cousins or is, about- or is that Justin Jefferson? I, I think when you look at what Justin Fields, he's got an elite skill set. And he's got a skill set that he's the best in the NFL at. And that's running the football from the quarterback position and making game-breaking plays. Nobody has that talent like Justin Fields does right now. Three wins in 2,048 yards doesn't get you a Pro Bowl. Says, hey, this guy's everybody the Pro can be Bowl optimistic. Is an individual accolades, Scott. It's not a team award. Look at the team around him. If he had Justin Jefferson, I think we're talking about Justin Fields as maybe even the starter for this Pro Bowl game. Oh my gosh! Okay, gentlemen, enjoy your holiday because I don't want to swear on the air. Scott, my Scott, okay, here, here. Yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit more rope here, Scott. I'm just okay. curious because you are a Vikings fan, and I had this question for Tyler that we might get into later. But since you're on the line. Are the how do you feel about the the Vikings as they head into the playoffs here? Because everybody, and I'm sure you've heard it, and you have to deal with it from everybody, calls them frauds, right? But can you be a fraud if everybody thinks you're a fraud? Do you know what I'm well, saying? I, I had this argument last week, or just explained that you can't be a fraud if you won 11 games this week because it's hard to win mm-hmm. with road wins in Washington, Miami, and Buffalo. And at the same time, our defense, in my opinion, is because I've explained this as well. In 50-some years of watching football, I've never seen a defensive scheme that if you're going to lay off guys, you at least need to blitz to force their hand. Sure. And we don't do that. I've called for Ed Donatel's job since we were 6-1, and one, and I still can't understand it. But at the same time, if you're very good at winning close games, you have a shot to win. And if you win out this season, you're going to have two home games for a chance to go to the NFC Championship. And think about this. The possible road to the NFC Championship, if Hurts is hurt at all, could be maybe Danny Dimes, Brock Purdy, and Garden Minshew. So anything's possible if you've got the offense that we have. Listen, I, I think it is a little bit different than it has been in the past. I do think they're, uh, they're better, and I do think uh, O'Connell has uh, kind of given Cousins more opportunities to you know really tap into some of the things he does well. So I'll be curious to see how it plays out. Of course, uh, I do think the Eagles are obviously with Hurts. You're clear front runner in the NFC, but I'm not completely ruling out the Vikings. No. But, but I think Scott's right. they got to play some better yeah, defense. Yeah, I, I think the one thing about the Vikings is do I think they are some elite team? No, even though the wins may show that they are. But I do think the disrespect has gotten out of hand with them, yeah, too. no doubt. And it, listen, Saturday certainly didn't help things. Now, the comeback gave them a lot to, you know, they gave them a lot of extra juice coming out of the weekend. But falling behind the way they did, I think that also, like, just goes back to the defense, right? And some, you know, bad plays on special teams as well. Like, what's going on there? Why do you fall behind by 30 to the Colts, yeah. right? 33 points. It just seems like... You shouldn't be in that position, but they did show some fortitude in uh, mounting the comeback. 312-332-3776. If you'd like to discuss Justin Fields being left off the Pro Bowl roster, he's Tyler Aki. I'm Jeff Meller as we're in for Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. It's Carmen and Yurko. Sports talk while you're on the clock. Do I exaggerate? This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. feel like Justin Fields was snubbed of a Pro Bowl roster berth. Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, the NFC representatives announced yesterday on NFL Network. Eli Manning will be their, quote, coach, of course. No Pro Bowl game anymore. Just some competitions that are going to highlight the skill set of all the Pro Bowl players. I'm Jeff Meller along with Tyler Aki as we sit in for Carmen Yerko today here on ESPN 1000 inside the old National Bank studio with a few flurries coming down right now. 
we've been able, at least on our commute in Tyler, we were able to avoid any nonsense, although it sounds like per our friend Tracy Butler over at ABC7 that it's going to be opening up very shortly. And then uh, for a good three hours or so, we're going to get dumped on. And then after that, we will be in the clear from the snow, but then it's the cold that's going to settle in. That's the more brutal part. Yeah, the cold and the wind is going to be pretty nasty as uh, we expect it to be. Some pretty brutal temperatures tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes, but of course on Saturday as well on the lakefront when the Bears host the Buffalo Bills on Christmas Eve. All right, so uh, taking your calls, 312-332-3776. Billy's in Berwyn wants to dispute what Viking Scott was saying. What's going on, Billy? Hey, what's going on, boys? Thanks so much for taking my call. No problem. Man. Um, I, I realize this this isn't Jim Rome. Like, I we're not going to put caller against caller, and Viking Scott is a is <laughs> a we great caller. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it, let's go. We're going to do that. We're going to go in big, big Jim Rome pauses. Is have that a, what we're going to do here. Billy, have a take. Don't suck. Let's go. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now, okay? Um, but Viking Scott said something terrible. He said that that what's-his-face over in Detroit deserves it more than Justin Fields. Did you hear him say that? I, I caught it. Jared Goff. Yeah, that's his face. That's Come on. That's awful. Jared Goff is out there fighting for his quarterback life. That, like, I think he should – I think Viking Scott – and shout-out to Viking Scott. He's a great guy. He should serve a one-week ESPN 1000 suspension <laughs> for that. Maybe just how about a one show, uh, a Viking Scott? Well, yeah, band. we'll hear him during Waddle and Silver. Yeah, Scotty, uh, you're banned okay. for the rest of the Carmen and Yurko show with Meller and Yaki hosting. No more calls there from you go. today, even though that's the general go. policy for everybody. I think we kind of <laughs> suck at the uh, Jim Rome imitation, but uh, we appreciate you uh, stepping up to the plate and uh, going ahead and taking uh, umbrage with that Jared Goff take. I agree with you. I don't think, even though Goff's numbers are solid, Billy. Um, but what about Justin Fields? What about the actual three quarterbacks who did make it? Do you feel like Fields deserved a shot there, or are you okay with the three that made it? No, I, I honestly think this is great. And, I mean, someone correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, but isn't this like a best-case scenario when we go into contract talks with, with Fields? Like, this is like, like, you know, having a great game where he's showing progression but then still losing, right? We're still in great placement for picks. It's the same sort of thing. Like, he did have a, a Pro Bowl-type year. He didn't get the moniker and i feel like when it comes time for contract negotiations when they sit down to the table they're going to go yeah i mean field you did great but you you weren't a pro <laughs> uh, bowler that year uh, well, go yeah, ahead Billy, the, the thing I'll, I'll say there is that even though he didn't make the pro bowl this year i don't think that's going to go into the calculus for when they're negotiating a contract because i'd imagine he'll make it next year and the year after that but even if he doesn't the truth yeah. is uh his contract number will be dictated by what's going on around the league. You know, when you're going to look at the Kyler Murray deal, you're going to look at, you know, Deshaun Watson's guaranteed money, whatever Lamar Jackson ends up coming mm-hmm. to terms with with the Ravens. You know, Kyler Murray, too, is yeah, part I mentioned, of that. Yeah, yeah, I did mention okay. him. You know, so, yeah, those are the contracts that they're going to be looking at when Justin Fields is actually, uh, when his free agency is pending and they're trying to come, to come to terms. Those will be the numbers that dictate not how many Pro Bowls he actually makes because if your franchise and you're happy with your quarterback, he's going to be your franchise dude, and you've already come to that conclusion then. And let's be honest, yes, Justin Fields does still have a, you know a little ways to go before he's no commanding that massive deal. But I think everybody would agree what we've seen it to this point, Tyler, you know, as a runner and as dynamic as he is and 
as the Bears hopefully fill in some more skill players around him, some better skill players around him. Hopefully the ceiling on him will also start to go higher. And then now you'll have those conversations about what Justin Fields truly earns. The Pro Bowl nod is just something that I think would have been cool, you know, for uh, in what's been, you know, just an, a bad season for the franchise, yeah. um, but still maybe in somewhat fun for the fan base. Uh, it would have been, I think, a, a nice little feather in his cap. No doubt. And it would have given fans something to kind of pin for, for this season as a positive. I think overall, even though the record is where it is, fans are looking at this season as a, as a success because of what's transpired at the quarterback position. But this would have just been further validation of that. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I always, I know there's a, they tell us, right, there's the, uh, the voting mechanism that's in place mm-hmm. amongst fans, coaches, and yeah. players. I think, we, we, I think we saw the fan vote means very little. In well, this and the equation. truth is, it's not, like, it's not like we've got polling data on CNN here and a breakdown of what actually happened. I, we never see the actual yeah. complete totals, right? right. So, I mean, Jake's wonder, got khakis on today. Do your Kornacki for us, Jake. What, what, what do you got? got for us, huh? Well, you, let's go to the polling station. You need a big board? Bum, bum, bum. I, need, I need my magic board, yeah. Do you have any numbers for the voting? That's the thing is the NFL keeps it uh, like their state secrets and they protect them. So I don't, you don't always get, they tell you, hey. McCaffrey got the most votes. Tua was the highest uh, quarterback receiving mm-hmm. votes. But do we get the actual numbers and the complete breakdown from everybody? I no, I, I don't, I don't remember do. ever seeing those. Yeah. So, uh, But uh, that's why I think if they wanted to, they could have found a way to fudge it and get Justin Fields in yeah. there. Um, and I'm, so I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't, to be honest with you. Let's go on out to Tom in Oak Lawn, who uh, does not necessarily agree with us. What's going on, Tommy? So, uh, so if we're going full Jim Rome, Call me Chris Everett again. I dare you. I dare you. Okay, Chrissy. Look, look it up and look it up for. Uh, uh, I, I, actually, so. Waddle brought that up the other day because he was telling me he was the next guest. Oh, after, that's right. I have uh, heard that story. After that incident, <laughs> and I didn't know about the. I, like I knew about the. They actually yeah. showed that. I saw that in high school. I was shown that in like a high school radio class mm-hmm. or like an introduction yeah, to broadcasting sure, media, class, yeah. like what not to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, don't get. And it's you know it's funny attacked. they say what's what not to do, but the truth is that the Jim Rome has lived off that quite nicely right. for yeah. a, the an entire career. And, no such uh, thing as bad PR, exactly. Um, and by the way, Jim Everett, pretty solid NFL career. There was a little stretch there where he was one of the NFC's best. He was just unfortunate in the timing where he was always uh, losing to Joe Montana and the Forty ers But go ahead, Tom. Uh, I digress. No, no, that's fine. So first of all. It's hard for me to be upset about Justin Fields being snubbed for the Pro Bowl when there's not even really a Pro Bowl game. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing. And then secondly, you know, as great as it is to see him make all these splash plays and everything like that, and to see and to see him make the deep throws, make all these um, athletic plays, I still can see that he's still developing as a quarterback. He's still you know learning through going through progressions. The other last week, we're finally seeing it where he's scrambling around and he's actually looking downfield for receivers and such, which is awesome. And I can still, I can separate, you know, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I could say, yes, he's having a really good uh, sophomore year, mm-hmm. but also say that he hasn't reached that uh, yet this year to, to say that he is a Pro Bowl quarterback quite yet. I know he's still developing, and you want to say, well, maybe he'll be the Pro Bowl quarterback next year. You know, how could they have snubbed him this year? Well, let's see what he does next year when they 
surround them with weapons, hopefully, you know, get an offensive lineman like a Jake Coughlin or somebody like that in free agency to help, uh, you know, block yeah. for him. And then if he, and then see if he develops to become that Pro Bowl quarterback next year. I so, hear what but, you're saying, Tom. Yeah, he definitely would uh, be nice to have some tackle help for the Bears. I do wonder, had they, had Luke Getze when they entered the season, been a little bit more open to the idea of running this type of offense. Now, listen, I'm not criticizing Luke Getze because I think as a first-time play caller, Tyler, he needed an opportunity to kind of settle in himself and figure right. out, you know, okay, what am I going to do? What works? And, you know, he had to learn Justin Fields. So I'm not upset. But you wonder, had he embraced this style of offense that they really did finally do after the, quote, mini-buy when, uh, you know, they had the Thursday night game in Washington. They then uh, were able to take advantage of it and then come out on Monday Night Football, their last win, by the way, against the Patriots, and basically show us a whole new offense that everybody was clamoring for, right? I wonder what kind of numbers we'd be looking at had Justin Fields had those first six games to kind of pile up some numbers. What could be, you know? Then we would, would we just be, like, demanding, oh, there's no chance he doesn't deserve a Pro Bowl berth. Right. I also look at it, too, like, that beginning of the season, it kind of felt like the rough draft for Luke Getze because he, like you kind of mentioned, that he had never done this before. Everyone was kind of learning on the job. Like Matt Eberflus was learning what it's like to be a head coach in the NFL on the job. Luke Getze learning how to call plays on the job. Justin Fields learning how to be the full-time starting quarterback on the job. He's learning all that stuff from that uh, preparation and, and just on-field standpoint because he missed a lot of time last year. So... I think that, yeah, it was a slow start, but I think that slow start was kind of necessary. I don't think you could have thrown everything at Justin right away. I don't think you could have thrown everything at Luke Getze right away either to start this season. 312-332-3776. We're always here to take your calls. We'll take a few more on fields and, of course, anything you want to talk about in regards to the Bears and Bills on Saturday. If you're going, what is your plan of attack knowing that you're going to be sitting in some cold weather. And also, we've just talked a lot about Luke Getze. We'll let you hear from the Bears' OC what he had to say about playing in some cold weather. What's the plan to stay warm? We'll let you hear what he had to say next here on ESPN 1000. Stream ESPN 1000 anytime through the ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to, 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 to Carmen and Yurko. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. in for Carmen and Yerko today here on ESPN 1000 as the flurries continue to come down here downtown uh, on State Street. We have ourselves some Luke Getze sound to share with you in regards you, to this cold weather. Were you guys, when you were young, when you were kids, Tyler, you're still kind of a kid, but were, did, you play a in, kid. did you play in the snow a lot, or were you like, dude, what kind I, of question is that? Of course. <laughs> I, I, I did you not play in the snow? Are you talking about nah. football or snowballs? Just what you, anything. Like, I, I was yeah. not a big snowball guy. Really? Yeah. Mm, Snowball. There's a Clerks reference there that I'm going to stay away from. Nevertheless, though, have you ever seen Clerks or heard of Clerks, Tyler? No. No, I did. Check it out. So watch watch the snowball scene. A little uh, tip for the folks out there as the snow comes down. But yes, of course. Who's I can't believe Merck. Not a snow, not not into the snow. What's wrong with I you? Never liked the cold. Sorry, you never. Uh, you got so when all your friends were going up, out, friend. playing in the snow, you just stayed inside by the fire with your hands yeah, up I, there. I, I just. Yes, dude. I, I live for snow football. You know. Oh my from, god! From, that, 
from the like, best too was like if you got the Thanksgiving snow. I know oh, I'm sure yeah. adults hate it, but when you got the Thanksgiving snow and yes. a little snow you, football for a turkey bowl, yeah, when that had, was the best. You had the turkey bowl already planned, and then if yes, you're absolutely right, Tyler. If you got the snow overnight and you came out to just a pristine white palace of oh, snow yeah. waiting there for you, oh, it was fantastic. Yes. Loved, loved playing snow football uh, whenever I got the opportunity. So, uh, but what I didn't love was when it would drop to sub-zero temps. That's when it was hard. And actually, I was one of the guys in the neighborhood who was usually more than happy to come out most occasions. But w- the problem was when it got too cold, recruiting people to play with you, that was right. always the issue. It was yeah. like, all right, well, at a certain point, people aren't going to come out and, uh, you know, deal with your nonsense if you're, especially when you're considering playing not in pads, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. All did when we were younger. All right. Um, oh, you do have an injury yes, report. Yes, we do have the Bears us. injury report. Not good so far. Uh, Chase Claypool did not practice for the second straight day. He is listed as doubtful. Tevin Jenkins, the same. No practice for the second consecutive day. He is doubtful. Cody Whitehair has not practiced all week. He is doubtful for uh, Saturday's game against the Bills. The Bears have ruled out Equinemius St. Brown and Kendall Vildor. And Jalen Johnson is questionable with a finger and ribs injury. He was limited at practice today after being a full participant on Tuesday and Wednesday. So thinking this through, this is actually the uh, Friday report, technically, if we think Mm -hmm. about it, because obviously Saturday game. So this is the last day of practice before the game for the Bears. So we will see what unfolds. No real surprises. I guess it'll be curious to see Jenkins, I guess. I think it'd be surprising, I guess. Right. right? I think the optimism that was sort of shared by Matt Eberflus on what was it, Monday and Tuesday, Mm -hmm. I didn't think it really reflected how Bears fans felt about it. Now, again, we're we're only seeing it on TV. They they know the medicals of it all, but seeing the injury that he went down with and, and getting carted off, like I don't think anyone expected him to play this week. No, no, no. Yeah, and especially again in the like most times I know football players play right. If they're available, they go out there, Mm -hmm. but. You also would look at the weather forecast for this Sunday and be like, you know what? If you're at all dinged up, I might understand a little bit more than normal if this is one you kind of avoid. And there's certain injuries, too. You just don't mess with no, exactly. right? And a neck is certainly, it's like the neck, the back, the hamstrings. You don't mess with those under any circumstances. Luke Getz, he talked about yesterday playing in cold weather and how they plan to stay warm. No, I, I mean, we said it the other day. I mean, how you stay warm is, is, is stepping on the field and, and playing violently and playing together and celebrating together. That's how you stay warm, and so we're going to focus on that and executing our stuff, and, um, you know, you, you deal with it. And if it's on your mind and it's distracting you, then you're not going to be able to execute the highest level. So, fortunately, we got a couple of days that we get to go practice at it and get our, get our minds, uh, get our heads straight. So that was yesterday, Luke Getsy meeting the media. He also talked about uh, Justin Fields and whether he wants to start to throw the ball more than necessarily running. You know, he is on the verge of potentially breaking the NFL record. If he can go ahead and grab about 70 yards per game over the next three games, he will break Lamar Jackson's single-season rushing record for a quarterback, which stands at 12.06. I think it's more he wants to win. He'll do whatever it takes, to be honest with you. I don't think he's going to sit there and say, I need 1,000 yards or I need 4,000 yards passing. I think he's... He just wants to win and be the best player he can. So that, that's what that's what I see on a daily basis. No surprise there and something yeah. I think we've all come to expect at this point. I will say, though, Tyler, I kind of hope he – I mean, I think most Bears fans hope he gets it because, truth be told, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised at all. In fact, I would, if I had to, I would bet on this being the highest rushing total of his NFL career, right? Like, I don't expect him – 
to whatever this total ends up at this season. I would be a little bit surprised going forward if we ever see him run this much again. I just think there'll be better skill, you know, better receivers, better skill position players around him. I think he'll grow as a passer. He'll get older. He won't want to take the hits. Like, that's just the natural progression of an NFL quarterback. And so I think what we're witnessing this season is, in all likelihood, you know, going to end up being his best rushing total as a quarterback. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be the most carries he gets. Now, I could see maybe he just becomes more advanced as a runner and we see more of the the big plays and we see less of the three four yard gains out of him Mm -hmm. um so we could see him i think we'll see him crack a thousand at least one more time i'd imagine over the course of his career um just because i think he has those the ability to get that 60 70 yard run at any given time but i i do think that in terms of carries this is probably the most we'll see him have over the course of his career. And to your point, with a 17th game now going forward, yeah. that also will give him an opportunity to register a 1,000 yards in other seasons, whereas other quarterbacks were always dealing with 16 games. Um, so certainly a possibility. Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick, the only other two NFL quarterbacks to rush for a 1,000 yards. Let's try James, who's in Gurney. Jimmy, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. What's up? Cool. Um not much, man. What's happening, boys? I don't. I don't think he got snubbed. He's just not there yet, you know. And I understand where you're coming from as far as like the PR thing, but he. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Kirk Cousins, but I, I think the numbers speak for themselves. And, but I mean, he's on the verge for sure. I mean, now put in perspective, maybe if we would have won a couple of them, maybe if he's got six or seven wins, that might have flipped the script just a little bit in the sense of. But I'm glad we don't have that. But I, who did get snubbed for sure was Eddie. Eddie. And he's a whole different player this year. I don't know if he just made a decision to actually put his helmet in there a little bit. And so I think I think Jackson got snubbed, but not 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 well, field yet. But I well, James, I think the, I think the injury yeah. really really did in we Eddie Jackson have potentially seen him on that Pro Bowl roster. But when you're missing significant yeah, time, honestly, you be, I think the one guy that I saw that did make the Pro Bowl roster that has missed significant time was Jamar Chase. And you have to be playing at an elite, elite level yeah, to make was, it and miss four or five games, whatever it was. I'll be honest. I was a little surprised Chase got in. So was I. Because at that position, you like, like I could see a safety, you know, if Eddie Jackson maybe had five interceptions, right? Mm. And then, you know, he had only missed three games to this point. I could see a scenario where you're like, okay, he gets the name, but... But I was a little surprised that Jamar Chase at that position, and maybe it just goes to show you how much coaches and players fear him, right? Because there's no doubt he's a fan favorite, but for the coaches and players also to say, you know what, he's too good to keep out. By the way, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, and Jamar Chase are your four AFC wide receivers who made the Pro Bowl. He was the one who did, like you said, because he's missed uh, a decent chunk of time, I think, what, four or five games. That surprised me that he actually did make it. Yeah, I I was with you there. But, again, he is one of those talents, kind of like what you were alluding to, that is certainly Pro Bowl-level talent and then some. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder. I guess if you look at it, I I wonder if Justin Fields will be next man up. If anybody, like you said, if Jalen Hurts or Kirk Cousins, some, you know, do make... Uh, a Super Bowl uh, appearance, will Justin Fields get the nod and be the fourth man in for the NFC? I'm trying to think who might get the nod instead of him. In I the think NFC. Jared Goff certainly yeah. has a case. That, that, like, that would probably be the one like, like, like Viking Scott mentioned. I would, say, I would say this. If Jared Goff got that third spot over Justin Fields, I would understand it way more than Kirk Cousins. 312-332-3776. If you'd like to chime in, that's how Matt in South Carolina got, on, got in. What's going on, Matty? All right, so with all the draft capital that Poles has 
and all the uh, uh, free agency money. How badly would he have to mess up to not vastly improve this team? I mean, honestly, it's all there for him ahead of him, right? The only, like, is he capable of it? Well, I mean, we don't quite know yet. I'm encouraged by the picks of Brisker and Gordon, right? And mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the potential but, with Braxton Jones. Yeah. Um, you know, but wouldn't you think of him as the front runner for executive of the year just with all the resources next, he well, has in front of him? Like going into next season? Yes. So here's the thing. The narrative, if the Bears do anything right, because they'll be coming off of a, whatever, a three, four, five win season, right? The truth be told that it'll, it'll set up nicely if they can come in and go ahead and win double-digit yeah. games. Yes, that in itself will be an easy storyline to see, oh, okay, Ryan Poles is executive of the year. But they're going to have to do the work to get to that point. And, yeah, they do have a lot of cap space, right, Matt? But they're, they're not necessarily going to go ahead and, and spend it all in one offseason. That would not, not be the, the smartest way to go about it, I don't think. You want to yeah. save some of your powder for future years as well so that you don't hamstring yourself. Because I think Ryan Poles, based on what we've seen so far, Tyler, he's shown us that he's not going to just be you know knee-jerk and try and turn things around in one fell swoop. He's right. trying to build something for right. the long haul. No doubt. And I think in terms of his question, like how, what does he have to do to, to mess it up? I don't think you really can mess this up because right now there's so much bad on this roster that if you just turn some of the bad into average, yeah. you will take a significant leap, especially on the defensive side of the ball right now. But that in itself won't be enough, Matt, to necessarily make Ryan uh, Ryan Poles, you know, the executive of the year. They're going to have to they're going to have to still find some of those players. It's not just, listen, we hope Justin Fields gets to blue chip level player, right? Mm -hmm. He's, I think we've seen enough talent on the field, but there needs to be more consistency. And really he may just need some more players around him to help him win football games. And if that's the case, he may get to that blue chip level player, which is what you're always searching for outside of Justin Fields. I don't think there's anybody right now on the roster who you could point to and say, that's a blue chip caliber player. Usually most NFL teams, when they're going to be Super Bowl contenders, you're pushing up against 10, 11, 12, what people consider blue chip caliber players, right? I don't know. You know, the Bears are still ways away from that. They may not, again, they may not have any. Eddie Jackson at one time in his career was a blue chip level player. He hasn't reached those levels. We, he, he showed a little bit this yep. year earlier in the season, but he hasn't reached those levels yet again. So there's... A lot of work to be done before we're saying Ryan Poles is the executive of the year next year. Yeah, no doubt. And listen, he's going to have plenty of ammunition to fire with here. Whether or not he can get it done. Listen, you're going to probably see with the draft and with free agency this offseason about a 50-50 split of hits and misses. And that's just going to be because of the sheer volume of opportunities that Ryan Poles is going to have. The Bulls are back, Tyler. Did you know that? Are they? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to discuss, are the Bulls actually back? They've won two in a row. And Ayo Desumu was the last second hero last night. We'll let you hear the highlight coming up next. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Into DeRozan. DeRozan for the win! Overshot it, Dosumo! Game time! Game time! Game time! Game time! How does it feel, Atlanta? How does it feel? It happened to us last time. 
The putback. They will check it. They will say in the good. If it stands, it's the biggest play of Ayo Dosumu's career. That was the highlight last night. Bulls and Hawks as the Bulls with the thriller. A little bit of payback on the buzzer beater after the Hawks bested them on the A.J. Griffin tip-in from a couple weeks ago. It is Ayo DeSumo, the hometown kid, to give the Bulls the two-point victory in the fourth quarter. We lost Jeff Meller. Not sure where he's off and about to, but he should be back at some point. He's a big star. He's doing TV. He's all over he's the place TV. these days. Tyler Aki and Jeff Meller sitting in for Carmen and Yurko today. That was the call from Stacey King and Adam Amin last night. And this Bulls team now with two consecutive victories on the heels of the report that we saw from Shams Trania and Darnell Mayberry in The Athletic about the dysfunction that is held within the Bulls' locker room. We also saw some further follow-up reporting as well from Casey Johnson and Joe Cowley talking about that there was a blow-up at halftime of the Minnesota game where the Bulls surrendered 150 points, and some of that frustration was directed at Zach Levine and his defensive play. What I saw last night in the fourth quarter with this Bulls team was You saw, even though it was some isolated play in terms of we saw isolation plays out of DeMar DeRozan and then Zach Levine and then not an isolation play for for Ayo DeSumo, but he was ultimately the hero. We saw three guys last night that could have been named the hero of that game. Zach Levine came down and hit two consecutive shots that were big shots that gave the Bulls the lead, that pulled the Bulls... Um, to ties and stuff like that. He gave the Bulls some big moments yesterday. Then all of a sudden, the baton was passed off and it was DeMar DeRozan for some more closing time magic. I mean, that final minute, minute and a half of action between the Bulls and the Hawks last night was back and forth, really high-level basketball. And then ultimately, we see DeMar DeRozan. He goes for the win. His shot misses. And there's Io DeSumo to clean it up, wrestle away a rebound, and put up the game winner. And to me, that kind of emulates what a team is when anyone can be the hero on any given night. You saw Zach have his opportunity. And unfortunately, the the Hawks just kind of countered back. You saw DeMar with his opportunity. The Hawks countered back. And then finally, it's Ayo DeSumo, and he does it at a point where there's no opportunity for the Hawks to counter back on that. But this Bulls team now... With back-to-back victories, they're still five games under 500 right now. And when you look at the landscape of what the Eastern Conference playoffs look like right now, the Bulls are still not a part of the play-in mix. And to me, I'm starting to get shades of the end of 2018 and the end of 2019, where is this team going to win some meaningless games that maybe hurts them for the long term? Like, think about in those two seasons you lose you win a couple meaningless games at the end of the year in 2017 and you miss out on your chance to go out and get Trey Young or Luka Doncic you lose some meaningless games at the end after making the trade for Otto Porter um, in 2019 and then you miss out on the chance to go out and get a guy like Zion or John Morant and now with this Bulls team I get it it's early we're not even at the new year yet but this team is one that has to pick a lane. And there was the, the story from Brian Windhorst a couple days ago saying that it would behoove the Bulls to be one of the first 
major players at the trade deadline. And he was talking about it in more of the selling fashion. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with Brian. I think the Bulls need to establish the lane that they are picking early because you don't want to have some meaningless wins maybe pile up now that maybe they're finding a little bit of rhythm here. Because right now, as currently constructed, even if Lonzo Ball were a part of this mix, you're not going anywhere. And this is something that needs to be figured out sooner rather than later if you want to have long-term success. Listen, AK and Eversley, they've had their little honeymoon phase and they've made some moves this season this season and in seasons past um, to kind of revitalize the Bulls a little bit, get the people interested in what this team can be, what they can achieve. Obviously, last year was a great little teaser of that up until about this time when the Bulls were the number one seed in the East and you felt like, hmm, maybe there is a chance they can go to a conference finals or maybe even make some noise and get to the NBA finals. But all of that has turned on its head now, and all of a sudden, those two are officially on the clock. Because what they have done clearly is not good enough. You look at the moves that they've made, and you really can only point to three from AK and Eversley where you're like, that was good or great. You think about finding Ayo DeSumo in the second round, signing DeMar DeRozan in free agency, and signing Alex Caruso in free agency. And I think that if this Bulls team doesn't figure out its lane sooner rather than later, I'm wondering, are these couple of wins going to maybe pause that process of determining whether you're a buyer or a seller and is determining whether or not Lonzo Ball is going to come back from his knee injury this season? I think that the Bulls need to figure this thing out sooner rather than later. And I don't know if we're going to see. I mean, listen, this is a Bulls team now that they just had a, a pretty – difficult road stretch just now with the heat the hawks and now you get the knicks on the road but after that you've got a long stretch of home games ahead where you might be able to make some hay and draw even closer to 500 but this team if they're going to pick their lane that they're going to go out and actually try to win this year we got to start seeing this with a little bit more consistency out of zach out of everybody else because this can't be the oh we had a little bit of adversity, and this is the little pop-up performance we're going to put together and play with a little bit of adrenaline out of the adversity. And then once that adrenaline wears off, we're back to the team that we've seen for the first 30 games of this season. It's going to be a, an interesting watch over these next couple of weeks for the Chicago Bulls. All right, when we come back, YouTube is getting the NFL Sunday ticket rights. What does it mean for the grand scheme of things, with cord cutting and all that, Jeff Meller and I will explain when we come back here on Carmen Nierko.